Thank you for joining us. I'm Paul Wilson. And I'm Chris Emke. And this is Diesel Performance Podcast. Chris, today we're diving uh, back into a topic we kind of took a bit of a pause from. Yeah, we haven't we haven't done a recording in a while together. together. I know you did one on your end. Yep. Uh, I did one with Nick last week. We had a couple rebroadcasts just because of the holidays. Things were crazy over at the shop. Yeah. And uh, yeah, picking up on, I, I believe, 6, 7 Cummins platform. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking uh, what's good, what's bad, what, what do you need to know about the Cummins 6.7 liter. Now that covers a wide range. I think we kick it off at the CMD in 2007 and a half. Yep. That runs up to 2010? 2009. 2009. Yeah. All right. Tell me about it. What emissions equipment is notoriously unreliable in those trucks? So in 07 and a half, that was the, the introduction of emissions equipment on a Cummins period. It was also the introduction of a VGT style turbocharger. Because everything prior in the 5.9 world was all fixed vein, whole set chargers. Right. So you, uh, you're introduced with an EGR and a DPF. You're introduced with uh, a variable geometry turbocharger um, to help with you know EGR and stuff like that. Um, you know the engine displacement, of course. You go up to a 6.7 from the 5.9, and then you get upgraded to a six-speed automatic. You know that was the introduction of the 68 RFE. Was so. It's funny because now looking back at this, um, those are all the things that Cummins guys complain about the most. Everything you just listed yeah. is what I hear uh, Cummins fans really hate on, which is variable vane turbos, because mm-hmm. probably because those are so well known for having actuator failures, yeah. which cause turbocharger failures. Emissions equipment, all the early generation emissions equipment fails. Uh, it's it's probably a question of when it's built to fail, so it's not built to last forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those those definitely had more reliability issues yeah. from 07 and a half to 09 uh, across all platforms. And then uh, the 68 RFE. Now, Cummins has never really been known to be mated with like a great transmission. <laughs> uh, I, I was always told coming into this world uh, that if you want a good, good Cummins transmission, you need a manual, period. Yeah, I mean, I think in those earlier years, you know, there, there was a lot to be said about, you know, having a five-speed or a six-speed manual. Um, I would say that the 68s, especially in those years, were less desirable, right? Um, what's unique? I guess it differs from the newer years, but the 07.5 to 09 trucks, they actually run a separate trans control module. So in the in the 5.9 world, automatics uh, ran what's called a PCM, a powertrain control module, and the engine and trans um, mapping was on that controller. Right. That same thing exists in the newer style uh, 6.7s, 2010 all the way to current. Um, but in the... Um, the 07 and a half to 09, they actually had a separate control module specifically for the 68. They had a TCM. Yeah. That is something, honestly, all these years, I, I don't know that I ever ran into. Yeah, yeah. So they they had their own separate one. That's why we never, over at Calibrated, we never offered trans tuning on on those late third gen trucks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, I think that was probably one of the unique things. And yeah, the 68s definitely had their quirks. I remember, you know, years ago, you know, I, when I right around the time I bought my 07, the 5.9, I promised myself I was never going to buy a 6.7 because they just they didn't drive very nice. The 68s wasn't a big fan of. And when I had purchased the 07 truck, you know, uh, that was right at the start of EFI Live, um, 
getting into you know fourth gen R and D you yeah. know, for the coming stuff. So, so you're talking like 2014, 2015. This is, this is 2014, 2015. 2014. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, because that's then, right around when Revmax started making a name for themselves. Well, I'm working yeah. on the 68s, but it was real early. on. Really early on then. Really yeah. early on then. I mean, Revmax was in the Allison world, and you know the HE or HE um, the uh, the 48REs, 47REs, those transmissions, yeah. right? But yeah, 68s were were finally kind of having a, a little bit of turnaround. So. You know, as far as the the first uh, the the first rendition of you know the the Cummins, you know, there's uh, you know everything else, you know, a different you know controller like you're referring to CMC. That's the ECM RPO, yeah. I guess you would call it. But yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, that was kind of the differences or the technology improvements, more or less, from you know the. The, the earlier 5.9 into the 6.7. What about exterior? Did they do uh, a body change when no, they went to no. the 07.5? No, because there's third gen 6.7. 6.7 and third gen 5.9. So you're uh, basically the big body change was in 06. And they go to a different bumper, different um, headlight design. Um, and that body style held through all the way to 2009. Um, so whether you did a, a late 5.9 or an early 6.7 third gen, you know those body styles are all the same tail lights changed slightly you know they go to like a beveled instead of like a smooth style tail light but that's literally it you're such a fucking nerd for knowing that oh my god (laughs) (laughs) okay okay um least do you think that's the least desirable Cummins out there is the 07 and a half to 09? I mean, I don't I don't want to say anything negative, you know, because I, I think all of them engineering over yeah, at Cummins, right? all of the all of the stockholders um, at Cummins. But I think in especially in our world, right, where we where we uh you know do what we do on a day to day, I kind of I kind of think like the 07 and a half to nine are, are definitely uh the some of the least desired trucks. And then next in line I would say would be the the ten to twelves. Yeah, personally, ten to twelves too, huh? Yeah, so the ten to twelve, you know, that's going to be the it's called a, a CMD ECM. Yeah. That's the ECM RPO, and um, you know, very similar to the CMC, the O seven and a half to nine. No DEF yet, so still just the DPF EGR. Same turbocharger, same actuator control, same engine, same injectors, same injector <clears throat> pump, same, you know, similar 68 RFE trans or G56. But now, um, and where we get to reap the benefits of in the aftermarket, um, make it easier for tuning, is this, the 68 is now mapped through the powertrain control module. Right. Right. So now you have where we learned in 1415 to current, you know, now we can map out what the 68 does. And, you know, it helps a lot of the aftermarket guys, you know, like the, the firepunks or the, you know, the rev maxes in the world, uh, you know, to do a transmission and, you know, actually do something tuning wise to, to help support that new trans in the truck. I'll never forget when we first got into those, uh, Nick ran a test, like, a. A roll-on test, basically, yeah. from like, uh, I don't know, 30 miles an hour up to like 75 miles an hour on the dyno, and showed the difference with stock TCM tuning mm-hmm. and then with modified TCM tuning, and you could see the applicable horsepower yeah. is like a night and day yeah. difference of how much torque and how much power you could put down just based on the I tuning. I remember- so like, It was a huge difference for drivability yeah. and actual use of the truck. Yeah, I remember when we were doing, you know, collecting the data on the street, and we originally had engine support, trans support came- you you know, they're thereafter. Yep. And, uh, you know, trans tuning, you know, was, was the night and day difference. I mean, trans tuning makes those trucks, even one of those trucks, even at factory power level and just changing up the shift points, line pressure, converter strategy, like 
you could definitely change up the the feeling of that truck in a really positive way. Um, but yeah, I would I would say just just because of what we do on on our end and the emissions themselves, the 07 to 12 era is just you know uh, that's still very much a Gen One you know introduction yeah. into the emission space and you know in its time the technology was was vastly improving and you know for what it is in those eras they weren't bad, but they're also coming from a, a platform like the the late five nine where there was no emissions so that's where I think a lot of those bad names come into play. Yeah. So no no listen I, I don't want I don't want anybody driving one of those right now to you know turn off the podcast. Um, no, listen, God, there's no. there's things you can do to. The those trucks to make them awesome yeah. to, to to make them great again right so uh obviously we don't advocate or suggest that you delete emissions equipment but we are realistic to know that human beings in the real world do that yeah. does it improve reliability well if you ask anybody who's done it they'd say probably yes yeah. i mean uh it, it's hard small, to get around the facts i'm small not saying can, you should yeah but yeah. i mean small can as far as that goes and i mean at this rate if you if you've bought one of these trucks and they are stock you know, the question is, is what's the maintenance been for the last 10 years on those trucks or 12 years? And then I think the next question would be, is had there ever been a tuner on the truck prior? And could that have been more taxing on the emissions, you know, that are already somewhat weak, you know, yeah. in, in that aspect or less desirable for that matter? Um, but I think a lot of that really started to shape up and, and really form into what we specialize and what we deal in most with over at Calibrated. And that's going to be the 13, you know, 13 to 18 era trucks. So, and that that really is the sweet spot. Yeah. Like when I think of like coming six sevens, like the thirteen to eighteens, I can't think of anything that you don't get. Right? It's like, no, you got an upgraded actuator on pretty much the really same, the, turbo, same turbocharger, actuator, up, yeah. upgraded actuator. Uh, your emissions equipment because you have DEF use less e, less EGR, which is good. Yeah. Uh, EGRs we've proven. They're, Probably the best yep. uh, EGR system in the game, uh, assuming you have good tuning, you don't have boost leaks, all the other common problems that causes the EGRs to fail. Uh, DPFs, the best at, at passive regen in in any of the big three diesels. Yeah, I mean, I think... That's a huge selling point to me. I think that, that was probably one of the first platforms that we really learned, like, we can, we can clean up the air-fuel control and, and we can get these trucks to go a pretty decent time in between regen intervals and that's gonna also lead us into you know improved egr health you yeah. know there's a lot of of guys in the industry not to get off the platform but you know they'll just shut the egr down right and let the truck do whatever it's supposed to and it's like well that's <laughs> the same as pretty much doing like an emissions off at that point so yeah um having a strategy where you're able to improve on the air fuel is is going to vastly improve the emissions health and the emissions operation and yeah to your point you know passive regen what is that? Well, that means that the truck can operate down the road, and when it's at a you know a, a consistent vehicle speed, you know 50, 60 plus mile an hour, the truck is able to heat up the catalyst naturally and, and burn off the filter particulate matter. That's and, right. So uh, it doesn't have to spray any it's, extra. It's fuel. not actively regening essentially. Yeah. So yeah, we've seen you know those trucks that era of truck like you know they they perfected that in in our opinion right and you know the emissions are very free flowing and you know the little subtle changes that they did interior wise you know the engine itself the architecture there is very similar injectors changed slightly um you know they introduced in 13 you could 
do the newer, robust ASIN automatic heavy-duty heavy duty towing trans in those trucks, which a lot of guys have, have opted for, and they're great transmissions. Not really supported, you know, in the aftermarket tuning-wise, but they are a good trans nonetheless. Yeah, I, I feel like if you, if you are a guy who's using your truck for, like, normal truck purposes mm-hmm. out in the real world, the ASIN's probably a better option for you. They're badass. If you're like a commuter, you probably want the 68 because you can do tuning on it, and it will drive much nicer yeah. than an ASIN. I think that's hard to get no, around. It's, it's a trade-off, um, you know, it, yeah. depending on but what if you're, you're gonna, looking for. If you're going to tow, if you're a hot shot, or if you're primarily buying the truck to hook it to a trailer, um, I, I I would have a hard time not choosing yeah. an ASIN for sure. Um, I would say say with these trucks, one of the downsides that, that I hear about, although I, I have pushback, is the the addition of death yeah um so so we are spraying the add blue or the deaf urea whatever you want to call it um rat piss (laughs) rat piss hog piss i've heard it called all (laughs) sorts of fun things um deaf consumption on these again compared to a similar year power stroke or a similar year duramax probably pretty similar um i mean i I think they're in the same ballpark i would say you know with you know, having driven, you know, uh, CME trucks over the years, putting a lot of miles on on those trucks, you know, to go four or 5,000 miles in between a, a fill-up is not out of the question. You know, when you're towing or anytime the truck is under a load and it's creating knocks, I mean, it's unfortunately going to consume that def that much more, <laughs> yeah. you know, but... You know, all things considered, I don't think they're they're very thirsty, you know, when it comes to the, the deaf consumption, you right. know. One of the things that I think in the fourth gen era where Ram really, or Dodge or whatever you want to call them, where they really hit their, their stride is the improvements in the interior on those newer style trucks. Like when we talk about, you know, the, the, the older 5.9 era or even the, the first generation 6.7 era, when Archaic you, interior. When you would look at Ford or when you would look at GM, like, you know, the, there was no comparison. It was trash compared now. to anything else. Now, I don't want anybody walking away from this <laughs> thinking that I like Cummins. Um, but it's 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 really hard when you look at like a 13, I mean, even a 10 plus interior. Uh, I've always been a, a favor of the updated screens and like the 13 pluses, but you get into one of those newer trucks, like it's really, really hard to. It's argue. still a few years behind Duramax and Power Stroke, uh, but it is way better than it's ever been. I don't know. It is close. I don't know. I don't know if I would agree with that. Really? Yeah, no. Real, I, I think I had a real eye opener. Uh, uh, Nick and I did that tuned and towing comparison. Yeah. Um, and, and so we got to shoot all three trucks. We actually shot, I think we shot all three in one day. Um, and so jumping in and out of them and actually feeling the difference between those, like back to back, was like, oh, this is much nicer than Cummins has ever done before, Ram or whoever has ever done an interior before. But it wasn't, I, it was. It was in shouting distance. It was finally in the same ballpark yeah. as the other ones, but I don't think it was as good. No. But I mean, but listen, you shouldn't. I doubt. I doubt there's Cummins owners out there that are like, I really bought it for the cup holders. Like that's not a thing. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, it's not. not. That's but not why you buy. You buy it because it's, it's the workhorse. That's what it's known for. You're right. You're right. But I think in 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 Dodge fashion, right? I'll call it Dodge because a lot of the the seasoned Cummins guys they they come from. They come from an older 12 valve, or they come yeah. from, you know, uh, carpet on the dash. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Th- that's an add-on, Paul. <laughs> um, but I mean, you look at you look at what like a a, a second-gen Dodge in in the later years, you know, in 2000 plus, or you look at what an early 5.9 03 to 05 would look like. 
you couldn't compare those platforms. They're not even in the same realm of what GM and Ford offered. They're just not. They're so basic, so simple, so cheap. Like, it's not there, you know, or at least, in my opinion, in in the fourth gen era, and I mean, in the fifth gen era, forget it. I think the fifth gen, hands down, has (laughs) the nicest interior, personally. Um, But in the fourth gen stuff, I I feel like they they truly updated the truck to a point where they could be a true contender and and be in that same conversation of of interior option offerings. I'd say in the fifth gen, yeah. The fifth gen, yeah, yeah, different story there. Finally catch up. Now, fifth gen, is that 19 to current, or is there... A sixth gen sneaking in here. How many? How many generations of the so, comments are we dealing I'm with? I'm curious to see what happens with this whole 23 deal because 23, there's like a different hood design, but the cabs are the same. So I don't know what what assholes are going to call that. Oh, Sorry, fuck. but 19 to 22 is a fifth gen Dodge. So it's the what's called the CMF ECM. So the, goes from CMC, CMD, CME, and then CMF. They're real complicated. Over you know, they're there. just they, they keep it simple. They name know? shit like I would. I yeah, dig exactly. It. I dig it. <laughs> oh, you're one, two, three, but you're going to be one, two, three, four. I like it. <laughs> um, you know, and that kind of brings us into our our current you know uh, Cummins uh, you know uh, offering, which not a ton of change here. Not to not go really. from to go from the thirteen to eighteen to the nineteen. We'll just call it to twenty two. Yeah. Um, there's not a here. I guess we could go to 21 because there's an ECM change from 21 to 22. There's not an ECM know. change. It's a, just the injector pump. The operating system's different. ECM's the same. Okay. So it's a CMF, ECM through and through. Awesome. But the operating system in in more or less the injector pump is is the 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 breakage well, coming thank, from. Thank God they didn't complicate. Right. That. Exactly. Um, now we got to interview Rod Romain, chief engineer yeah. at Ram Trucks, about the 19. It was plus? the 19 plus yeah. talking um, about sound detonating and talking about towing capacity and just uh, airflow i remember that was a big one they they changed the hood and explaining why they changed the hood that it wasn't just a looks thing actually trying to bring in more airflow and there's a few other like structural chassis updates that were about i want to talk about that because that kind of like sparks my like my memory in a sense Uh when you look at an 07 and a half all the way up to a 2018 they've all ran the same exhaust style manifold and turbocharger location like in in cummins world you have second gen location turbos and you have a third gen fourth gen cal, uh, location yeah. turbo um and they're they're ang- they're they're under the manifold and they're towards the back of the motor and what's unique in the 19 plus is they kind of hybrid the two manifolds together now it's a second gen style but there's a twist so the turbocharger sits a little bit off uh, perfect parallel from the from the motor itself. So I remember when we we were talking to Rod and going through those types of things, and he was talking about airflow and things like that. And then you actually pop a hood and actually pay attention to what's going on under the hood. You can see the most simplistic tweaks. Yeah. To have an actual effect on the truck's performance is just really cool to finally like put those two together. Yeah, no, I I wholeheartedly agree. I do I do think back, and I'm not trying to make a slight of Rod because he was an awesome guy yeah. and super super smart. He really tried to sell us on the fact that those had an HP four and not a CP four. <laughs> uh, and now they're they're now referred Jokes to on as CP four. Jokes on them, right? Right. They're yeah. now referred to as CP four. So I don't know what their official name is. I'm going to trust. It's what a CP four. We yeah, it was a CP four. Trust what we were told, but um. Turned out to not be so reliable. Yeah. The big, big recall on those two also, years. Also, the other, the other drawback on that 19 plus, my, my understanding, um, 
A lot of deaf usage, a, a, a large increase in deaf usage. But I think the deaf in usage. In comparison to the 13 to 18. Yep, that just means that there's a little less EGR, you know, being utilized. Maybe the EGR isn't being on as much. And you know, I don't, that'd be a, a geek question to ask Nick, you know, on, yeah. on why that is. But from my understanding. I did. He didn't know either. <laughs> and my understanding is you're either going to combat Knox with EGR or you're going to combat, uh, combat Knox with, with the EF, yeah. you know. So to be honest, though, like I, I had a lot of seat time in our, our 19 HO dually, right? And yeah. Granted, I had a lot of seat time because I, I had a 15, and I don't know if I would say I noticed. Like, I would I would not be some of the guys that call into the shop and be like, oh, my truck's just drinking deaf. This is fucking bullshit. Sorry for my language. Because that's really not, like, it's not some night and day difference. If the truck is loaded, it's going to use deaf. Simple as that. Okay. Regardless of the RPO. Interesting. So... I mean, I've I've heard I've heard the stories from guys yeah. of being I drive unloaded every day back and forth to work. I traded in my my fifteen, sixteen, yeah. four and nineteen, and now I use twice the amount of death. Yeah, I just so so. Are we thinking those guys are just full of shit? You calling the you I'm calling not, you calling I'm our not, customers liars? I'm not calling them. We're going? I'm not calling them liars. I would say though, uh, our our old dually loaded definitely used a little more than than the CME truck. Okay, you know, I'm not going to discredit that, but. I also, you know, there was times where I drive my truck empty going down the highway doing 90 and the truck would definitely use more depth than when I was doing 65. So, you know, it's <laughs> you just can't you just can't bring yourself to say anything bad about Cummins in general. You're just, nah, you're just you know, struggling. Just, that's I'm, I'm going to get a Cummins logo tattooed on me just to prove no, no balls. I'm just joking. <laughs> on the face. A buddy, a, face a buddy, a buddy from high school had one. He had the Cummins logo tattooed right on his hand. You know, he's we've we've had multiple true... coworkers with with brand. Um, yeah. Tattoos. Ford, Cobra, Power Stroke. I, I, like... I don't want to call anybody out, but I once worked directly next to a guy and I turned and said, is Power Stroke one word or two? <laughs> And he said one, and I said, why is it two on your tattoo on your forearm? And he looked down and said, oh, look at that. It is two. Yeah. And, and he's, I- he's a, he, was a, he was a bright, bright character. I yeah. really like that guy. Yeah. He is a super That's nice guy. That's one of guy. us. Um, but but it, was, it, it, was, it was quite funny to see. Uh, okay. That, that brings us up on Cummins. Cummins 6759 Common Rail, 67 Common Rail. Which one's better? It depends on what you're using it for. No, no, no bullshit. Which one's better? Um, it, Which one would you buy today? I would buy a 6.7. God, you're old. Um, okay. Second gen Cummins, totally stock. You okay. have to drive it every day, and you have to take it drag racing every weekend, all okay. summer. Okay. Or, or a completely stock, emissions-equipped 2010 6.7 Cummins, but it's Fully loaded. Full every option. You have to do the same thing. You have to drive it every day and go drag racing. Second gen. Get <laughs> Second the fuck gen. out of here. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's. So these are all questions that I've asked myself over, <laughs> over the last uh, about a month. And um, these are questions I've driven my fiance yeah, crazy with. Oh, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah, it's my girlfriend, but. Oh, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, there's certain eras of trucks that I, I personally prefer more than others. I think my downfall is I've I've owned one or two or I have had friends that have owned one or two. So I've literally have experienced every one of them. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it's like your first love, right? It's your, your first experience. It's like it, you have that in the back of your mind. I like, don't want to go back to that, Brad. 
Yeah, I'm good. Okay, some. Um, <laughs> for me, the second gen, the second gen era, the 24 valve truck. That's kind of like I've been vocal about it over the years. That's kind of my go-to, right? Yeah. That's what I like. I just um, thought, I just thought with you getting older and liking six sevens better than five yeah. nines, which is something I think we should update your signature on your email at work to say. Um, I just thought with you getting older that maybe being enticed into the creature comforts might pull yeah. you away from the stupidity of driving a second gen. You want to drive a second gen every day. I mean, if you're Do giving you me- you want to drive a second gen every day? You're giving me only those two options. That's my choice. That's crazy. That's crazy. I, I, listen, I think second gens are super cool to look at. I'm always so glad to see them at truck meets, at competitions, and I'm always like the happiest well, to you, know you that said, somebody else you is going to drive it, it was a mint. You said two mint stock trucks. Yeah. You know, like you did. Like the value in a second gen that's in flawless shape or even in, in decent shape for that matter, to me, resonates well, and that would be the, the, the more value. So <sighs> Crazy talk. Just ask stupid questions. Get... Uh, in your Stupid opinion, answers. dumber answers. Yes, so. perfect. All right. Well, Very I good. can't think of anything else to ask, Chris. Uh, this is a fun Paul. One. What would you do? What would, What would you do, Paul? I would always would take Paul the newer do? truck. <laughs> oh, just, that, always, that's, just that's which one's newer? I'll take that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then trade it in for a six zero. Yeah. Justin Tyson, our producer, never allowed to be on the podcast yeah. ever again. That's um, wild. <laughs> well, I guess we'll agree to disagree. But all right. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. This is Paul Wilson. And I'm Chris Hemke. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, This has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Hemke. Make sure to like and subscribe, and we'll talk to you again soon. You're such a fucking nerd for knowing that. Oh, my God.